that took years and years and years to set up of organization, transnational organizations, supranational organizations, funded by incredible wealth from foundations and royal institutes and a whole source of very, very wealthy places and organizations and people. And these people have never been, because they are technically non-political, they've never ever been responsible for anything or answerable to the public. That's how they get away with it. I'll be back with more after this break. didn't need it and then of course the weed whacker itself is just a molten 
mass of collapsed plastic and metal. So for those out there who use these things, be very careful, regardless of the make, even if it's a better known make, these things happen. At least they happen to me, unfortunately. And that's just the way it goes. One of these days, and half an hour later, I say three quarters of an hour later, down comes a deluge again, or daily deluge, and thunder and lightning, and I couldn't even get the satellite to hook up initially, but now it's back up again. That's the day, one of the days in life of me. And a lot of people do write, as I say, trying to get in touch with me, or phone me, or whatever, and I don't have time I don't have time because I hit the deck running in the morning. And there's orders there. I make them up. I finish at 12. I rush off to a post office, which is nowhere near here. And I rush back to a mailbox, which is also nowhere near here. And then I do the circular tour and come back here. And I do what I have to do here to survive, like make something to eat and so on. And before you know it, after answering the mail and the people I have to answer, I'm on the radio. And that's the day gone. And that's seven days a week, too. Seven days a week, even weekends, you try and catch up. So for those who've been emailing me and you haven't got answers, the first thing to do is to check that your server is accepting my mail because I found out recently that some of these servers are rejecting my mail. I guess my name's on some sort of blacklist, you see. And it's up to you, if you find that's so, to tell the servers to accept it. I don't have the time to go around on my knees and beg them to. Not that I would. Well, tonight's topic, it could be so many topics to choose from, but I started off talking about people who react as opposed to those who are conscious and understand. And there's a world of difference. Those who followed the agenda and done their homework and studied it well and carefully and escaped all the nonsense of the diversions that are deliberately put out there um, to do with strange greenish creatures that walk out of swamps and so on and uh, 12 planets and all the rest of it deliberate, deliberate stuff that's put out there to fascinate you and they're meant to fascinate you but they keep you wrapped in circles and they, they end up discrediting the truth when you mix the truth with it that's why it's out there but for those who've come through all that and come to consciousness uh, there's a world of difference between aware and knowing what's happening and reacting to what's happening. The bulk of the population have never achieved consciousness. That's the first thing to understand. Most never will. They can talk, they can be polite, they can chat about the things that they've been downloaded with, as has everyone else, and you think they're normal, but they're not really. They're normal as far as the dead go, as they say, that's what they call them in ancient times, the dead. They walk around, but technically they're dead. To be conscious means you're alive. Always did mean that. And they go to their graves never knowing, always taking the, the authoritative version of what's happening as the gospel truth. They're the same ones who call you crazy. But when you try to inform them, they're the same ones that say, oh, that's such a downer, it's so negative, I don't want to hear that. These are the people who the elite depend upon. They depend upon the bulk of the population to be obedient and go along with the standard authorized version of whatever. And they do. 
An elite could never do anything at all without these people to help them. That's why they chose democracy. It's not mob rule. The mob only go the way and vote the way, etc., that the elite point to. It's quite easy to control the mob. And we build their world, their world into existence for them, step by step. And we adapt so quickly to all of the bizarre nonsense we're fed that eventually, very quickly, becomes normal. And all media, including entertainment, the fashion industry, everything, is in overdrive right now. Everything is in overdrive because the herd are technically, psychically stampeding and so they're hitting them with everything and all kinds of bizarre stuff and transsexual stuff and so on to try and eliminate all that was, all that was in culture, eliminate, totally destroy it, even the memory of it eventually, to bring in the new. And we have nothing normal to compare anything to. You see, anything goes. And they can ram incredible changes through. But it's all geared, too, to bring in new types of humans, and even part animal, part human chimeras. That's what it's all for. This article here is in the WashingtonPost.com on June the 27th, 2008. This is how they're getting around any dissension about ID cards for nations. It says the district is rolling out an ambitious identification program this summer, what it calls, first of all, is kind effort by major U.S. cities to unify services on one ID card. With one card, library accounts, public school attendance, recreation center use, and other services will be tracked on a single piece of plastic. Metro riders can have a smart trip chip implanted in the card. The eventual goal is that you'll need only one card across the entire district government, says Vivek Kundra the city chief technology officer. Over the next three months, public libraries will begin issuing the one card. In the fall, public school students and D.C. government employees will receive the cards as IDs. By 2010, that number again, the Department of Parks and Recreation will have begun issuing the cards and will require the ID for using park facilities, Kundra said. Other services, including D.C. Healthcare Alliance, plan to use the card. Card will be mandatory for DC students and government workers, but other residents can choose not to apply for the card. Now, see, they don't like to to say no, you can't do this or you, you can't have a choice. What they do is make it impossible for you not to take the card, because then you can't get into parks and all the rest of it. That's how it's done. That's how they they give you it. There's really no choice in the matter. It makes it impossible for you to do certain things unless you have the card. It's the same here when the government, the federal government said you can't fill up your oil to heat yourself and keep yourself alive in the winter time unless you get one of our inspectors in. And if you say no, you say, I'll, I'll choose an ulterior way to, to heat myself, that's up to you. And they can't be brought to justice or saying, well, they didn't actually say you can't heat yourself. This is, you can't heat yourself with this oil. See, that's how they do it quite amazing and if you just stop and, and stand back from it all you'll say well what are they really saying the federal government is saying they have the power of life and death over you by passing laws 
Laws, remember, are simply dictates. Dictates that come down from whatever tyrant happens to be the front man at that time. That's what a law is. And yet the public will go to any lens before they'll break a law, even to save their own lives. This is also understood. Brzezinski wrote about it. He's talked about it publicly in magazines. They understand humanity very well. If it becomes a law that uh, you must be dragged out by your neighbors and taken off to some extermination camp, they'll, most of them will do it, you see. I've read before about how uh, this duty, uh, this, this obedience factor works. And I'll speak more about this after this break. Anything, no matter how crazy. 
appreciated. And we do scientific techniques and repetition. And that's what's happening right now. This whole global warming scam where people who have been conscious for the last 10 years and more have been watching them start and then create daily these spray patterns across the sky, across the world, in fact. And we know that HARP is used on top of it to create all the weather patterns that we're seeing and have been seeing for 10 years. And under the guise of the effects of it, what you see on the ground, in go the media and start pushing their clacks and horns, terrify the hell at you, and tell you, you're causing all this, you're the problem. And well-funded groups, funded by the same handful of big institutions, go into action and have access to all media that's only so happy to help them promote this greening farcical agenda. But it's all to do with controlling the public and bringing them through into a new system. A system that will take 30 years of rioting, increasing riots, according to the Department of Defense. Remember that. With a reduced population at the end of it and the beginning of a new type of servant coming out of it. Chimera type servant. Something which literally cannot think of itself as a distinct, separate individual that it would be very efficient at what is trained or programmed to do. This is not science fiction. This is all working and in the works right now. And it can be done. It can be done because you wake up from a dream into the nightmare of reality. And you realize, first off the bat, the first thing you realize is this entire system containing many systems is completely out of your control. Completely out of your control. Everything that you need and depend upon to live is outside of your control in this system. And you learn very quickly there is no complaints department anywhere. You know very, very quickly that democracy is an utter sham not because you guess it, because you've done your homework, you've read the books by Carol Quigley and others who tell you it's a sham. And he knew because he had the records and was the historian for the Council on Foreign Relations, which is a parallel government, not responsible to any voter. And they are simply the American branch of the Royal Institute on International Affairs that was set up to bring in global governance a long time ago. And not just governance, but I say a, a new sci-fi type society. That's the music coming in. And I'll be back with more after the following messages. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. 
somewhat back cutting through the matrix and I'm going to go to, to the phones in just a minute but one last little article one a few lines out of it this is on Yahoo News I think it was the UK and Ireland um, segment of it Monday June 30th video game developer Capcom is working with a leading academic on an initiative to embed subliminal lessons about physics and maths in gameplay. Nipan Maniar, a senior lecturer in creative technologies at the University of Portsmouth, who created the cultural awareness game Seashock, is collaborating with Capcom to provide structured learning environments in games. Players exposed to the messages and ideas will not be consciously aware of what is being delivered. And I'm going to add to it, and you won't know the content of what is being delivered because they're using these techniques in other games too to brainwash, especially the young, to be politically correct. There's more social engineering going on with these subliminals. Don't kid yourself about math and physics. And here they are admitting they do it right there. Capcom sets out to brainwash kids, it says, by Ian Williams. Check into it. Interesting little article. Now we'll go to the phones, and we've got Mike from California there. Are you there, Mike? Hello, Mike? Okay, uh, Rick from California. Hello, Alan. Yes. Hey, how are you doing? Not so bad. Um, I, uh, I wanted to ask you... Um, Something. Um, first of all, I want to say thank you so so much for waking me up and for all the all the shows you've done and given us. And it's been great, you know. And I just want to tell people out there support him if you if you can, you know. So and as soon as I get get the opportunity to, I will I'll send something in to help you out. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I wanted to say that. Um, I wanted to ask you. Um, I uh, was wondering if you if you heard about that article in the UK on Telegraph, uh, where the the British uh, government is going to force the uh, all parents take a um, pedophilia, anti-pedophilia yes. test? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, do you know about that? Yes. Um, that didn't surprise me. I've been waiting for it with the hype, the steady hype over the last few years on pedophilia, which is an utter joke mm-hmm. because I understand that all through the underground porn industry, they go right into pedophilia anyway. The International Censorship Committee, here's the thing. The interna- you think your national censorship bureaus that are employed by you, funded by you, taxpayer money, are there to protect you, and nothing's further from the truth. After 9-11, uh, 2001, just before it, a month before, they had their international censorship uh, bureau meetings. And it was in the papers here in Canada that they said that now they'd won the rights to push homosexual and gay and lesbian uh, um, movies and dramas and comedies on television, uh, they go for the, they were going to push the envelope for the next step. And the following day in the newspapers in Canada and the States, two professors at two universities stood up and read the same article, scripted article, saying that they had won the rights for that. They were going to step up and get the rights towards intergenerational sex, which is pedophilia mm-hmm. and bestiality. I'm not kidding. Well. Wow. So, you see, these censorship bureaus work with the entertainment industry. They take the pulse of the public and see if you're ready to be degraded to the next step. 
Well, you know, I, I read somewhere that the biggest uh, collection of child pornography is actually owned by the government. It is. There's no doubt about it. They can, yeah. they can, they can pick up whoever sends the tiniest email across the planet, mm -hmm. and they could pick these characters up. So, but you're right. Because the pro what appears to be a problem hypes it up in the media to terrify the public because they always use the children. They always use the children. And uh, then they pass draconian laws. But I'm not surprised. You see, this agenda of testing parents to see if they're fit for, for, to, be, to be parents is the oldest communist, uh, one of the oldest communist planks ever devised. Wow. Written in the early 1900s. And uh, Bertrand Russell, once again, when you understand communism was working with this other group in Britain uh, that was related to royalty and fronting for royalty, they, they all came out with the same stuff on taking the parents away from the children at birth eventually. Well, now they tried an experiment and the world was funding this experiment and it was in Israel back in the 60s, the 50s and 60s. And there's a book called Children of the Dream mm. written by an Israeli and it was about this very project that they hoped would become worldwide and they were, going, they were removing the children from the parents at birth and you were brought up communally so anyone in this big commune could be your father or mother You'd never know. And the whole idea was not to contaminate, they called it contaminate the children with, with the old ideas of the parents. And that contamination term, again, came from communism. Wow. So, yeah, you, you, you won't, you won't, you won't, you'll be forbidden to kiss your own children or bring them near a pool in the in, in UK you know, yes. without taking this test. So. Yes, and, and that's going to just terrify. And see, again, too, it's going to discourage men especially who are already such an, under such incredible suspicion and attack for years. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to terrify them to even be near children, even their own. It's wow. intentional, yeah. This is intentional warfare because it's the major plank to destroy the family. And I even have a quote here by the head of one of the United Nations organizations stating that, that they would... Uh, they must destroy the family unit completely, utterly. And that's what we're seeing they're doing it. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Alan, and you have a good... Um, ho hope you have better luck with the with the um, wee whacker next time. Oh, it's a, it's, it's a molten piece now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, right. thanks, thanks for calling. You're welcome. Okay, now we've got Paul in Ontario. Are you there, Paul? Uh, good evening, Alan. How are you? Not so bad. Uh... It's it's always refreshing to hear your voice. Uh, you're always uh, uh, captivating me, and uh, I always learn from you something new every day. So I thank you, and um, you're an inspiration to everyone. And God bless. I uh, wanted to uh, ask you uh, uh, one thing regarding the um, the near future. Uh, I've read in different uh, websites that. There seems to be a timeline that is in tune with uh, the cosmos or the uh, astrological uh, functioning of like of the universe that humanity is about to enter a new age and we are becoming as humans more and more uh, like at this around 2010 2012 we're becoming ever more uh, conscious of what's around every more people are waking up we're becoming more spiritually in tune with our creator is that why they're do they know that that is a threat to their very um survival in terms of their position as the uh, top of the echelons of this establishment that is hierarchical top down 
uh, it's not a threat to them. And you have to be very, very careful. I mean, I know where all this information came from and where it originated from at, at the beginning. Okay. And there's also the massive New Age movement, which is also controlled and given to the people by the elite at the top. Mm-hmm. Which actually makes them want to bring in. Most New Agers want this new world system mm-hmm. uh, where they actually think they're going to be freer. They think they're going to be given um, the rights and the gifts to live forever here on, in the world, immortality. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them think they're going to be given new bodies and all the rest of it. And they're looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all a farce. It's, it's a farce, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what the, what the elite go by to do with the timelines is it's a heavenly plan that the great zodiac, if you understand the esoteric meanings, not the usual stuff they tell you, mm-hmm. but the esoteric meanings, it's a timetable and a plan, and each part of the zodiac has a function, if you look at the, what it signifies, what it stands for. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's called the great work, and it's the great plan. And Bush Sr. Uh, mentioned this when he mentioned his first New World Order speech. Mm-hmm. He said everything is going to the heavenly plan. He was referring to the what, what part of the zodiac was was in alignment or, or above now dominating. Mm-hmm. Because Aquarius, the age of Aquarius stands for... See, Aquarius uh, came from the, the Greek uh, story. They simply they called it Aquarius in the Roman. But he was literally buggered by Zeus. Mm-hmm. He was raped. And and the reward, I guess, because I guess Zeus had a great time or whatever, he placed this young, very beautiful boy up in the heavens, and he carries the bowl of water, which also stands for the gene pool. Mm-hmm. And the gene pool, the old gene pool, will be uh, emptied out at the right time. So in Aquarius, a new type of human is to be born. It's not white male nor female. Oh, so it's about the androgynous uh, servant. Yes, and that's why all the big Hollywood fashion magazines have nothing but but guys who who are looking like females, dressed up like women. Yeah, like the the role push. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and just my second and last question, quickly. I know. um, I I was just wondering. Remember how like there's this push to uh, how they further increase the uh, how they degrade and demoralize humanity by slowly increasing pornography and legitimizing pornography as well as adultery and prom- sexual promiscuity and homosexuality and pedophilia. Yeah. But at the same time, they're also clamping down on pedophiles. They're clamping down on, um, for example, uh, for example, divorce rates are increasing. So are they, it's not that they're doing this in order to create sort of a, a you know, a free-for-all orgy type of no. deal. What, what, like, why do they, why do they increase sexual promiscuity, but at the same time they increase the number of people that go to jail for uh, sexual? Like, why is, why are they, prom- for example, why do they promote? Here's a concrete example. Why do they promote pedophilia, mm-hmm. but then you see more and more people going to jail? For example, in the states, teachers. Uh, sexually harassing their students, women, mm-hmm. and what it does male. Is, this is the term that they use. It raises public consciousness. In other words, whatever they promote that you're reading about over and over, it makes you start thinking about it. And as you're thinking about it, the experts will gradually come forward and give you a completely different spin on it. And you'll actually start interviewing people that will say, yeah, well, I had intergenerational sex and it didn't harm me. It's to, it's to start changing the way we think. But when you 
when you give overdoses of this stuff on the media, they call it raising public consciousness, which means they're going to make you start thinking about this part of the agenda, and then they're going to tell you the answers and solutions to it down the road. So basically, they allow, for example, um, they allow uh, children or to be uh, harassed by women, for example, like in the States. Yeah. But then they take, so they, they're trying to sort of legalize it, if that's even a proper way of saying this. Yeah. They're, they're attempting to allow that to be okay, but then they grab the woman and lock her in jail for 30 years. I don't get it. Yeah, I know. Right, right now, it's just a clash of the two systems, the one that's coming in and the one that presently exists. So they want to make it as such that one day you can like walk around the road, like walk down the street and yeah. you can be sexually assaulted or you can be raped by a gang of thugs and everything's perfectly fine. You can't sue anyone or... Yeah. Really? Yeah, I'll give you an example. Um, Morgan Toller, who started up the abortion clinics in Canada, in Ontario especially, mm -hmm. he used to be picketed every day. I'd, I'd pass there and I'd see all this big group there picketing his place. Mm -hmm. And... He was charged many times by the cops. And then very suddenly, before there was a law passed, by the way, mm -hmm. because it raised public consciousness over controversy to do this thing, mm -hmm. um, one day the cops were defending him and pushing the, the demonstrators away. And I knew then, I says, okay, they've already made a decision. It's not been gone through any court yet. I shortly will, which it did. And suddenly the cops were on his side defending him. That's how, how, how it happens literally changing from one way of looking at it to the other. So and now the man is funded by the United Nations to, to open these clinics across the world. And this man said that the reason that he got into this business mm -hmm. was because Adolf Hitler was a bad man and an unwanted child, and he was making sure that there were no more Adolf Hitlers. That was his rationale. <laughs> that, this. that doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah. That means that all orphans are t potential Hitlers, according to him, and should be killed. Right, which is what they did in residential schools for Aboriginals in Canada. Actually. Yes, that's right. Absolutely. So basically, they want to make it, so that's that's the connection. Then that see, then it, it all comes to fruition in the end when you were mentioning how through the riotings in the streets for the next thirty years, yes, there's going to be a global population reduction because by eliminating all sense of law. Mm -hmm. And anyone is not accountable for any crime they commit because everything will be acceptable, whether it's rape, murder, torture, uh, mm -hmm. spousal abuse, whatnot. Mm -hmm. Then with all these things, people are going to seek personal vendettas and revenges, but there's no law system in place mm -hmm. that will protect you, so people will be killing each other left, right, and center. So it's an auto, so it's, so there's, the elites are saying let them kill them, um, themselves amongst themselves. Mm -hmm. Is that it? And that'll be part of it for sure. Um, people will kill each other. There's no doubt about it. Uh, mm -hmm. And if there's no consequences, they'd, they'd certainly take advantage of it. But we're under. I'm thinking of that movie Soylent Green. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Like that's what I keep thinking of. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that's it's something like that, basically. Every sci-fi movie you see turned out now mm -hmm. shows you uh, a future where where the masses live in poverty amongst rubble. Yeah. And then there's a big, well-organized, well-funded army with all the weaponry uh, in charge of them. That's, every movie is the same now. That's predictive programming. So is the, besides praying, I guess, is there any... And raising awareness, like passing on the word to those you 
you know, is there anything else realistic? Is this doomed to happen? I mean, it's biblical. It's going to happen simply because, as I say, we've woken up and realized we're living in an entire system that was never ours. Mm-hmm. People will never meet run this system. They plan it and they alter and upgrade it. It's completely out of our hands. But in, in, the, end, hands. in the end, they lose. In the sense, if we take the biblical truth, if we go by what Christ said, he said, in the end, this, the church of Satan will lose, right? In the end, it could lose. But I always tell you this, though. When titans fight at the top amongst themselves, which they will do eventually, millions of the little people are stomped to death down below. Now, these characters at the top are psychopaths as well. And psychopaths traditionally in history always take they'll take the world with them if they can they call it the Samson complex so do you think in essence uh, it, I know you must have been asked this many times I mean I know you have other callers too but just to finish off uh, thank you for answering my call but, uh, do you when do you foresee this occurring because for example would it be within the next two or three months or two or three years we know, we know that it will escalate even more so along the crisis with, with gasoline, food, and inflation from, from 2010 on. Yeah. And where are they going to hide? Are they hiding in... Well, we could oh, go on I... forever discussing it. They've already got their bases set out. There's even documentaries right. showing some of them on, on Google. And are they, are they slowly attempting to destroy Switzerland? I have to go now on another caller, okay? <laughs> oh, like Rinty? Okay, okay great. so I'll be back in a, in a moment uh, with Cheryl from BC after this break. because I know we're at the end here. Um, calling from British Columbia where they're spraying us insanely and uh, the, the sky is so thick and white and it's uh, cooking hot. It's just, I can't believe it. I'm about 600 feet up and in a suburb about an hour and a half by car from the coast mm-hmm. and every day you can see a, a cloud hanging and just stopping at the ocean yeah. and it's just, it's just eerie from where I sit up here. Mm-hmm. Another quick thing, there, there's a school out here who's uh, showing the kids the movie Zeitgeist, and it's a, I believe it's a psychology class, and they're asking them why they think um, this is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I, I, I'm really curious to know how you can go on and not give up on people. It's, I've been talking to people about this since I was a young girl, and I, I still haven't found one person who listened to anything. Yeah, yeah. It's... Uh... I understand both sides of it. I understand how the elite view the public. I know the temptation is always to begin to despise them. That, that is the temptation that everyone will go through until you realize that they've never had a chance. They've been hit from birth. Their mothers were actually hit when they're pregnant. And they've been inoculated with all kinds of things which literally were so far ahead, very advanced sciences again, to target their brains and in a continuous education all through their lives of indoctrination and upgrades. But how do, you, how do you not give up? I mean, I hear you every time, and it's just amazing that you, you can go on and try and wake people up. And yeah. to me, it's just so, 
insanely frustrating that these people are just asleep. They're just gone. Most, I agree, are gone, and I accept that. I call them the casualties. <laughs> and uh, you see, at least I have a voice I can get out and reach a lot more. Yeah. And out of that, I get the other ones, and a lot of young ones too, who are more conscious. They've broken through somehow. They haven't been quite so affected. And they get in touch with me, and I can then help them. And some of them will say that you've saved me such so many shortcuts to understanding. Right. And right. it's not blaming themselves for not fitting in. They don't fit in because they're conscious and they're awake and they're not they're not zombies. That's why they can't fit in. Well, I've always felt like that. I don't fit in. There's something wrong with me. But I, I know there's not. And it's just yes. it doesn't matter who I speak to. Older people, younger people, people my age. They're just they total denial. And I just I have this innate need to to tell them, and yet I get so almost angry that I want to shake them and say, wake up, especially here in B.C., second day of the carbon tax. What, what are you guys yeah. doing? The carbon tax, I know. <laughs> yeah, so, so what you've got, again, as I say, the elite cannot do it without the masses, the bulk of the mass. And here's an odd thing, though. It goes along with this. Even though they don't know all the histories and so on, no one can possibly today say they didn't know the main things that were going on. What they can say is that they knew their money and their tax money was supporting a totally corrupt system, because we hear it from the news all the time. Uh, they, they know their tax money is, is employing soldiers to go abroad to conquer countries yeah. for world empire, for the few to own and benefit from. They can say that they didn't care. That's what they can possibly say at the end of this. They, they knew, but they didn't care. So somehow their individual fate is tied up with every action they take, including when they say, I don't want to hear this, that is a decision that affects them personally. Well, I guess at some point you just have to say, you got to save yourself. That's right. That's right. All right. Thank you very much, sir. Well, you hang in there. And from Hamish and myself, with my sins closed tonight, and uh, the storm just waiting to start all over again outside there, it's good night from Hamish, myself, and your God, or your gods, go with you.